Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Howdy, everybody, and happy Bowl Day. Tennessee takes on Clemson later today in the Orange Bowl down in Miami at the Hard Rock Stadium, and uh, it should be a really good game. Really, really looking forward to this. It's been a long, long time since Tennessee has played in a bowl game to this magnitude, and it's going to be between two really, really good teams. Tennessee, of course, 10-2 and in the regular season. Clemson, 11-2 and in the ACC champ, as Dabo Sweeney said a couple weeks ago. Here in a couple of years, this will be a playoff game. It's unfortunate. I know both these teams want to be in the playoff, but this will be a playoff game in 2024 and beyond. So uh, stakes are high. It's going to be a whole lot of fun and uh, really excited that you guys are with us here on the VFL Players Lounge. I'm Eric Kane, and it's been a, a pleasure to do this all football season long, and it's been great catching up with some VFLs each week to kind of preview and and dive into this matchup, and we're going to do the same thing here today. The VFL Players Lounge, it is brought to you by the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire Sports. Big thanks to them for making all of this possible, and it's Tennessee and it's Clemson coming up later tonight at 8 o'clock. All right, so we got two guys who have already been in the lounge a couple of times already this season, but we wanted to come back, so we're not going to say no. Let's bring on a former Tennessee offensive lineman, the current head football coach at Jeff County, good old Patriots down there in Dumplin' Valley, my hometown, Spencer Riley. What's up, man? Not much, man. Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope everybody had a great Christmas, and I'm looking forward to a happy New Year. I know it's going to be New Year's, closer to New Year's after when this show's out, so... uh, you know what I mean? So excited to be on it again. Looking forward to being on here with you and uh, uh, Jay Graham here in a few minutes. Yeah, Jay Graham, a former teammate of Spencer Riley's back in the uh, the, the the heyday, the '90s of Tennessee football, opened up many holes for Jay to run through and ultimately into the t- into the end zone for some touchdowns. One famously against Arkansas back in the day and against Alabama that I put on Twitter a couple of days ago. Jay, what's going on, man? Appreciate you coming back on. Man, you know, just a little Christmas shopping, you know, knowing that this is bowl season, just excited that we're playing in a orange bowl and um, just, um, you know, ready for some football, ready to hang out with the kiddos and, and, and watch a bunch of good football games. Yeah, you know, let's be honest, guys. I mean, there's there's been some decent football. There's been some bowl games. I mean, football's football. We're all going to watch it. We're all, you know, you know, we, we, we love football. It's why we do what we do. But um yeah you start getting some some good football games here right i mean you got these these games here the new year six got the playoffs right around the corner so really really excited to see tennessee and clemson take uh go at it uh here today spencer what's it mean for you to see tennessee back jay just kind of hit on it back playing in a bowl game like this i mean again since the playoffs have come in these bowl games have you know some may say they've lost a little luster but it still means an awful lot to play in the orange bowl i mean i you know, that, that's, that's something Tennessee hadn't done in quite some time. Uh, it's been a while. I don't know when the last time was I played the Orange Bowl, but I was very fortunate to get to play in the Orange Bowl um, in the uh, first BCS National Championship game in 97, I think. Um, uh, that was, that's a great, it's a great atmosphere. It's a great place to go play. Uh, it's a great, great opportunity for the kids to go experience Miami. Um, so, you know, it, it, 
these bowl games are, yeah, people say that, but to me, that's the only thing we know as, as players, you know, as fans, you see the, the kids not opting out and not playing in the bowl game. And I, and I get why. I understand that 100%, you know, professionally and, and, and career-wise. Uh, who can blame them when they have the opportunity to make millions of dollars and have an opportunity to go and, and, get, and get hurt and not be able to make that, that type of money? Um, you know what I mean? But these bowl games are they're exciting to watch. You know what I mean? They're, they're, there's kids are, who opted out. That's fine. You know, it gives the younger kid a chance to play. You're going to get to see some uh, to see younger guys play and, and have to step up and make plays and, and see where you're deficient and see where you're moving forward towards next year and hopefully being able to play in the, uh, uh, the playoffs. It's funny, Spencer, you kind of bring up something. I want to take a complete sidebar. We're going to get back to Clemson and the Orange Bowl and what this means and everything, but you brought up opt-outs right there, and I feel like everybody kind of has an opinion, and maybe it's changed over time because I know mine has. Uh, about five, six years ago when this started becoming a thing, I'm like, the, the, the old football player means like, oh, you're going to quit on your team? Hey, I'm done with you. You know, you can't do that. But as you grow and, and you see, you know, what what's at stake here, you know, my opinion on that has changed as well. Jay, what do you think about some opt-outs? Of course, Tennessee's going to be without Cedric Tillman, going to be without Jalen Hyatt, and, and I don't blame those guys, and I, I know you don't either, but just in terms of how it's changed, and do you think that there would have been some guys that you played with back in the day that would have likely made the same decisions if that was kind of the norm then like it is now? Well, you can always say we never would have done that, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I personally feel that way, if you say in my heart of hearts. But um, – I think is it's an opportunity that they're allowed. You know, they're allowed to do this. Um, so you know you're going to have a certain number of guys who, who take this option. You know, that's not um, saying anything. So there's a lot of opinions out there, you know, and I, I don't judge the guys based on what they do. You know, this opportunity, this option is there for them. So many guys take this option, you know, but I like to celebrate the guys who do because it's not every kid that's making this, this decision to leave, you know. And I don't think bad of them. I don't judge the guys who who decide to go on to the NFL, you know, because there's a lot of things that are beneficial for that kid for that reason, and, and it's based on situation. But the guys who decide, to, though, to play with their team, um, given this option, that says a whole lot about them, and it says a whole lot about, you know, their coaches and, um, you know, the things that have been instilled in those guys. So, you know, that's my opinion on it. Um, I, as a coach – it was always kind of, you know, in the last five or six years, it was kind of in the back of my head. But, um, you know, I've had players like Dalvin Cook. I, I never thought for a second he would say, hey, I'm going to opt out for a football game just because who he was and how he, how he did things. You know, and I want to make sure people understand it's not saying anything against the young men who decide to opt out. But there's certain guys that if you roll the football out in the parking lot, they're going to go play football. You know, and, and yeah. he was that type of guy. So certain guys like that, you know, I was that type of guy. But it just depends on the situation, really. Yeah, yeah, I think it's easy to, you know, it, it does depend on the situation. Um, mm -hmm. You know, not getting too far into it, you know, Jalen Hyatt's fringe first rounder. I mean, that is yes. that, that is a major, major decision to have. You have yes. Cedric Tillman that, man, he's been beat up all season long. He's not been healthy since week three, you know. And so right. um, if Hendon Hooker was playing in the – if Hendon Hooker was healthy – he would likely have to make a decision like this as well. But Darnell Wright is a guy that you know, has these opportunities and elected to play in this game. So, again, uh, you know, you're know you going to see it everywhere. Tennessee's got a couple opt-outs. Clemson's got a couple opt-outs. Um, you know, Tulsa has a couple opt-outs. Everybody has some opt-outs. 
it's just kind of the norm today. But anyway, Jay, back to you, man. Uh, you kind of touched on a moment ago. Tennessee's in the Orange Bowl. Tennessee's playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game, a 10-2 regular season. Um, you got to find consistency here, no doubt. But it's good to see Tennessee back at playing in games where it needs to be playing in, in games that matter. Um, no disrespect to the Music City Bowl. I had a blast last yeah. year and to some of the other bowl games over the last 10, 15 years. But these type of bowl games are, are you know, they, they mean something to Tennessee fans. Yes. And how many years, and I know you like this too, Spence, that we sat down and watched those big games, those big New York Six games, and our team ain't in that game. Yeah. So we're rooting for, like, you know, Auburn and somebody else or Alabama and, you know, they were in the uh, playoffs usually. But, you know, you were, so, you were just watching games because we love watching football, but it feels great to see your team, you know, you know, your alma mater playing that game. And my sister went to Clemson, so I get to talk junk to her every day, you know. She keeps, she keeps texting me what I want for Christmas, and I just send her teas all the time. I just send her a tea about five times a day. And, um, you know, I'm just messing with her. So we got this inner, uh, you know, this inner family uh, squabble going on. But it feels great to um, that we're in the Orange Bowl. We have a team that, you know, a 10-win team, and we're playing. And um, if you want to be in that conversation as an upper echelon team, you need to be in a New York Six, six Bowl or in the college football playoff right now. And we're in it. Would agree. Yep. Uh, got to be in one of those games. Mm-hmm. You're not in those games. You're, it's really, as your team, and you're trying to get in that upper echelon, you're not in it unless you're in those games. Yes. So, you know I mean? It's going to be it's gonna be exciting to watch and see where we go, see how we perform this week, you know, coming up here in the ball game, and and just watching watching all eight teams, how they do perform with their opt-outs. So. Yeah. And not only opt-outs, I mean, there's, there's injury concerns. Obviously, Hendon yeah. Hooker is not going to be quarterback mm-hmm. in this football team. Uh, before we get into Joe Milton and all this, you guys want to say anything about Hendon Hooker? I mean, in my opinion, he should have been a Heisman finalist. I, he wouldn't have won it. Um, not to say he's not deserving, but he, he wouldn't have won it. But no doubt about, he should have been one of those four guys in New York. <laughs> they, they, they make it all for TV, and they make it all a college football playoff production, and the odds-on favorite. That's just my opinion. Um, but what a fantastic year. What a short brief uh tennessee legacy you know spencer when you look at hendon hooker what he did in two years he helped jumpstart this program with this coaching staff and his name's going to be remembered in tennessee football lore and fans and history and uh, stat books and all that for uh for a long time yeah man i mean you know he, he, he this this program has been been known for producing quarterbacks and great quarterbacks at that at, at that point and hendon hooker has, has represented the quarterback position at the university of tennessee well uh, not only as a football player, but as a person, uh, you know, I mean, he, he just seems to be a great young man. And, and I, and I say that and not have ever met the young man, just seeing, seeing him on his, see what he does on his social media, see how he's out there and how he interacts with the media. And, and you know, you know, better than that. You can tell by how a young man is by interacting with him with in the media day and, and things of that nature. Uh, super, super excited that he was a part of the Tennessee, uh, program, uh, Thankful for the transfer portal, I guess, you know what I mean? Because because he he's one of those uh, aspects, uh, one of those guys. Uh, you know what I mean? I think he made a great decision coming to Tennessee. I think the coaching staff has done a great job developing him and getting him to where he's at. Uh, I think he'll have, have a great opportunity uh, to have to go to the NFL and, and play and, and have, a, have a really good career. Uh, 
either as a starter or as a backup or somebody, you know what I mean? There's not many quarterbacks in the NFL anyways, you know what I mean? Josh Dobbs, you know what I mean? He, he's not played a bunch in the NFL, but he's been a journeyman quarterback, you know what I mean? Uh, probably the best position in, in the NFL is the backup quarterback, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? There's not many of them. Um, so I'm excited for that young man and seeing him, seeing him move forward. Hate that he got hurt. Um, really disappointed uh, that ESPN and, and the, the Heisman didn't take him. Uh, but what what should Tennessee fans know? You know, they always they always do that at the end of the day anyway. <laughs> uh, Jay, I look around the NFL right now, man, and uh, yes. you know, knowing I'd never possess the ability to, to throw a football at any level, but mm-hmm. there's some bad quarterback play in the NFL. So what Spencer's yes. saying, I agree 100%. Hendon Hooker might not ever start in the NFL, but boy, he could have a 10-year career just collecting the paycheck and having a good life. Josh Dobbs. Might be the starting quarterback at the time of this recording. Might be the starting quarterback <laughs> coming up for the Tennessee Titans. Anyway, on on Hendon Hooker, man, what's he meant for this program? And uh, gosh, he is. Uh, sometimes it takes one coach, it takes one scheme, it takes a new environment. Uh, he is completely different than what he was at Virginia Tech in a good way. When you look at what, um, and this bothered me about the Heisman Trophy. Um, because if you look at what it, that, that trophy encompasses and what it means, um, there's no other player, this is my opinion, there's no other pa- player in history of Tennessee football that meant more in, th- in this moment, what we went through, than Hendon Hooker to this program and what he brought as far as his, um, you know, his, 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 his composure, his heart, um, certainly his abilities, but... Um, you know, the, the ability to lead the way he did and lead in this situation and to come to University of Tennessee with the um, vision that he had, you know, and, um, you know, and to put this team, and it's not just him, but he was a major, major, major part of that, um, to put this team where he's put this team um, um, means a lot to this program. And I think when you look at what the Heisman means, I think even with the knee injury, you know, he certainly should have been at the Heisman Trophy, right? At the Heisman Trophy ceremony. And I would argue that he should have received that Heisman Trophy because no one meant more to their team than Hendon Hooker meant to the University of Tennessee this year. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to argue. Um, gosh, man, you look at uh, look at what – I mean, any game this year, but you look back at that Florida game um, – he was just electric, just mm-hmm. phenomenal. I mean, I, I continue to reference this play. I know people are getting tired of me referencing it, but uh, maybe not because it was a great play. But it was third and 10 from your own 12-yard line, a little over a minute left before the half. Tennessee's trailing 14-10 to 10 to Florida, and he gets blitzed up the middle, evades the pressure up the middle, scoots to the left, finds Princeton Fant right at the marker, throws it, he gets hit, first down, moves on. Later in that – actually, the next play of that drive – it's the Ramel Keaton catch down the sideline. And then Tennessee moves it down and scores with seven seconds left before the half to take a 17-14 lead. That drive in itself, I feel like, was a Heisman drive. But that game for Hendon there, of course, everybody talks about Jalen Hyatt with the five receiving touchdowns against Alabama. Someone's got to throw that football to him. So, uh, you know, Hendon had a good game there. Um, he was phenomenal. Um, unfortunately, he does get hurt. But now it's Joe Milton. And we've already seen a little bit of Joe Milton the beginning of 2021. Uh, he is the expected starter in his final ride for the 23 season. Played against Vanderbilt. Now he'll be the starting quarterback against a really a solid defense uh, that gives up about 20 
points a game, only 331 yards to opposing offenses a game. I mean, those are really good numbers in today's football. Spencer, what do you see from Joe? What does Joe need to do kind of to be successful in this game coming up here today? Well, I think the biggest thing with any quarterback position is to get your team to buy in and believe in, in you as a player. Not, hey, it, it don't I mean, everybody talks about him missing the ball down the field, the deep ball and stuff. I'm not worried about that. Those are going to happen. You know, that's the, that's the hardest throw in football to make. Um, you know what I mean? He's got a lively arm. But to me, his biggest thing for him, for him to be successful and to be successful at Tennessee is to be the best leader and have his teammates be able to ask him to run through the wall and nobody question him. You know what I mean? At any position, you know, at the quarterback position, that's where you definitely have to have that leadership skills. And, and you know, T. Martin was that way. You know what I mean? Not the greatest of athletes, but T guys guys would run through the wall for him just because he's such a good person. He loved he loved you. He loved being around you. He tried to make you a better player. And for any player, anybody who plays that position, a quarterback, my one thing is this: be the best teammate and the best leader that you can be, and get your guys to believe in you. Yeah, no doubt. You go from you know winning SEC championships and and playing in big time games. With Peyton Manning, who again you know, should have won the Heisman Trophy that year, but uh, then you go to T. Martin, who again is not a bad athlete whatsoever, but he's not Peyton Manning, and then you go and win the whole thing. And so sometimes it doesn't have to be the best player, but who will do the most for you, and who kind of brings around you know who elevates their game. And obviously Tennessee had an amazing defense that year too, and some good run game and all that. Uh, Jay, what do you like about Joe Milton's game? I mean, he when you look at him, he's still. Man, if, if everything were to click for him, he's like Cam Newton minus 10 pounds. I mean, it's, it's incredible, the, the makeup of Joe Milton. What have you liked from him that you saw against Vanderbilt? And, you know, what does he need to kind of do today to uh, beat a really good Clemson defense? Well, you look at um, Joe, and it's really hats off to his quarterback coach and Coach Heupel. I mean, he's developed. That's the thing. He worked in practice. He he's developed when he he wasn't just sitting on the sidelines waiting, you know. So when he got in that game against Bandy, um, you could see the composure, you could see the confidence of the whole team around him. But the biggest thing that I saw with him is he could handle the situation, you know, and he had maturity and composure. So everything that he's experienced, you know, coming from Michigan, all the things that he's dealt with, you know. Um, it's really similar to a kind of Hendon, you know, them guys being around each other, you know, I think they both rubbed off and on each other and you have two great leaders. You know, the first thing when something happened to Hendon, the first guy to hug him on the sideline was Joe, you know, and they talked and, you know, the, the, the supporting each other, you know, and that bond, because let's just be honest, the, the, the quarterback is the leader, you know, of your offense and of your team. And guys see that, and you saw guys step up. You saw the running backs step up. You saw, you know, receivers, the offensive line especially, dominated. You saw the defense dominate and say, hey, we got to step it up, you know, to give Joe Milton the best chance to beat Joe. You know, so that was something I think, um, you know, I like everything that Joe brings to the table. Certainly he could throw the ball 70 yards on a rope, you know, but – he also can hit guys on little little spot routes and drags and manage the football game and put, you know, his team in position to win. You look at Clemson, so Tennessee will have Joe Millen at quarterback. Tennessee will have the, the, the three likely wide receivers will be with no Tillman and no Hyatt. It's likely going to be Brew McCoy on one side. 
Uh, Romel Keaton, who stepped up and played really well this year for Cedric Tillman on the other. And then probably Squirrel White there in the slot. And then we'll see if Tennessee wants to, you know, Tennessee usually does not play any more than three receivers in, in this tempo offense, but maybe a Walker Merrill, maybe uh, a Chaz Nimrod will get some, uh, some action in there. Of course, the two tight ends will be playing. Uh, when you look at Clemson, though, overall, and you kind of flip it over to the offense for Clemson. I know I'm talking to two offensive guys here, but uh, Clemson's going to start a new quarterback. Uh, DJ U is no longer their quarterback. I'm not even going to attempt to say his. He's been at Clemson for three years. I never tried to say his last name because Tennessee <laughs> never played him. Yeah. Uh, but he is no longer the starting quarterback. He's in the transfer portal. It is freshman Cade Klubnik who um, has got a really high ceiling but doesn't have a whole lot of experience. I mean, he played in nine games this year, but outside of the ACC championship game, really it was just mop-up duty. I don't know if you guys had an opportunity to see that game, but your thoughts on Kay Klubnik and, and preparing for a different type of quarterback. Um, he can do some of the same things that, that Clemson was doing, but I think when he's at his peak, uh, Clemson has a chance to be much better offensively. And again, this is just going to be one game moving forward for them, but uh, he can do a lot, Spencer. What do you, what do you think about the new uh, quarterback for Clemson? Well, I did, I, get, I did get a chance to watch some of that ball game, and, um, and I got to see him come in there where he, when he came in the game. Uh, thought he brought a little bit of spark to him. You know what I mean? Uh, I think the, the the guys like playing with him just from what you see on on the on the on the game. You know what I mean? During the game, and uh, you know what I mean? I, th I think he has the opportunity to to give us a give us some challenges for sure. You know what I mean? I thought he managed the game well. I thought he was productive with his throws. Uh, you know what I mean? And the throw wasn't there. He, he didn't put the ball in harm's way and manage the game and give his team a chance to make plays. You know, I mean, I always say this: there's nothing wrong wrong in the in an offensive possession with a punt. You know, what I mean, uh, gives your defense a chance to to play on a longer field and, and and you know make make the other opponent's offense go go the distance. And, and so, well, as long as he takes care of the football, I mean, he'll 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 do a good job. I don't think he'll be a bad bad quarterback whatsoever. Um, the other cat, I watched him. I mean, I just wasn't impressed because he did put the ball in harm's way, mm -hmm. and I think that's part of the part of the reason that, that he's not the, the starter here and, and he needed to part ways. Jay, he will have a, a big time weapon in the backfield and will Shipley, um, sure. just a sophomore, I believe maybe a redshirt sophomore, but the dude's really good. I mean, he's got over a thousand yards rushing, got 15 touchdowns on the ground. He's the third leading receiver on the team, 34 receptions, 221 yards. Um, he can do a little bit of everything. He is his strong suit probably is not running between the tackles, but he does that. Um, he can bounce it outside, can catch the ball in the backfield. Uh, what's it like for a young quarterback to have a weapon like that? And and what's Tennessee going to have to do in terms of maybe the linebacker play? I feel like this running back is going to put a lot of stress on the opposing Tennessee linebackers here today. Yes, he will. And I remember Will Shipley. He's from North Carolina. Um, he he's a good player, and uh, and is. He's a little different with his running style. Of course, he doesn't, you know, run between the tackles as much. But it's like the angles at which he hit the line of scrimmage is a little bit difficult on linebackers because it's not always straight after you. So they're, they're, they're able to run different things. And you're seeing different runs, you know, and I think when you look at the difference between, um, you know, the quarterback that left, uh, we'll just say uh, uh, Mr. U, right? There you go. <laughs> that left and the quarterback they got playing right now is you're going to get more runs you know you're going to get more pistol and and different styles of runs because that's what they have to do to have success and um you know um 
they can create expo- explosive plays with their running back. Now, on the flip side of it, playing in the SEC, and um, this is from me coaching in the ACC, it's a different level of physicality. So uh, for Clemson offense, they have to deal with a different style of play, you know, um, defensively. You know, we don't we – we're going to play a whole lot more physical than what they've been used to playing. Um, so that's going to be a there's going to be a level there that's going to be different, you know. But um, certainly it's going to be an um, interesting matchup. And the key with the quarterback they got playing now is with inexperience comes uncertainty on the defensive side, right? Because yeah. you don't know what you're going to get because he doesn't have a lot of, you know, plays. He doesn't have a, um, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, cutups on tape that you can see. So you don't know what they're going to do with him offensively and it's going to be different than what they had with the other quarterbacks. So uncertainty is going to be a little bit, but I'm sure they'll sell it into the game. And I'm sure coach Banks has a great plan for what we're going to do against. Spencer, do you think that because of the success that Clemson's had over the last eight, nine years or whatever, um, do you, I I just kind of look at, I I watch him play. Of course I've watched him play a lot um, over the last couple of years and, and, not as much this year. I've seen him play a couple of times, but and then I look at the stat sheet. The way that they're kind of built, uh, really solid line of scrimmage. They're they're pretty they're pretty good at linebacker and in the back end. Um, they incorporate their tight ends a lot. They throw to their tight ends. They you know two guys, one of which is a Tennessee native. Do you think Clemson's kind of built like a, an SEC program, maybe more so than any other team in, in the ACC? And and that might be an easy answer because well, Clemson's going to recruit better than anybody else, but. I do feel like, you know, the, 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 the physicality is going to be a challenge for sure because they're playing an SEC team in Tennessee and Tennessee goes through the ringer every week. But I do feel like Clemson is built well to where it could compete in a, in a Big Ten or an SEC instead of just running through the ACC over the years. Well, it, that, that's pretty – I would say yes. Uh, and for the simple fact that, hey, they played in, in, in the college playoff system. You, you've got to be able to run the football to be able to get in into the college football playoff. You know what I mean? And that's that's where you got to have those big big offensive linemen and, and physical and got to have some tight ends who are physical who can catch the football down the field and give you some mismatch problems on the safety and, and, and get them, if you can get a matchup on a linebacker, even better. Um, you know what I mean? So, for me, I think they are built more like an SEC program, but the physicality level, uh, I mean, when Coach Brooks was there as the defensive line coach, I mean, they had some studs at the defensive line, uh, for sure. You know what I mean? I don't know if they're as good in the defensive line play as they have been, uh, but up front on the offensive line, I think they're very solid, very physical. Uh, so I think their line coach does a really, really good job with them. It'll be Tennessee and Clemson. That is coming up later tonight at 8 o'clock. It'll be on ESPN. Tennessee takes on Clemson in the Orange Bowl at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida. Looking forward to that. This is the VFL Players Lounge. We'll have more coming up next after this brief message from VFL Jay Graham, former running back, and Spencer Riley, former offensive lineman for Tennessee. But first, want to get a quick shout-out to who makes this uh, VFL podcast possible. That is the, uh, the VFL Players Lounge possible. That is the uh, Volunteer Club, and it's powered by Spire Sports. 
The game has changed and Spire Sports is here. With name, image, and likeness arriving, your Orange fandom can now be put into action. Visit thevolunteerclub.com and become a member. 90% of every dollar generated through the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire, will go directly to athletes to improve the student-athlete experience at Tennessee. It's not just about winning the next game. It's about next season. It's about the next generation. It's about the Tennessee legacy. Join at thevolunteerclub.com. That's thevolunteerclub.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We're rolling right along here on this Orange Bowl Friday for the University of Tennessee. Tennessee takes on Clemson. It's now at 8 o'clock, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida, in the Orange Bowl. It's going to be a really, really fun showdown between two top 10 teams. This game will be a playoff game here in a couple of years. And this is the VFL Players Lounge, brought to you by the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire Sports. And we got our friends, former Tennessee offensive lineman Spencer Riley and running back Jay Graham on the show today. Uh, guys, when you look at just the season overall um, and, and everything Tennessee accomplished, Jay, what was your, you know, what was one of your favorite moments of this season to where you're sitting there, you're watching, you, you're prideful, of course, but you say, all right, well, you know, t t Tennessee's turned a corner here. T Tennessee is really heading in the right direction. I think uh, the moment was um, probably in the second half against Florida. You know, I, I just felt like, um, there was a team that was going to do whatever it took to win the game, you know, and you just saw it on the field with the effort, the strain, the finish of plays, you know, where you hadn't seen that years before, you know, where, where the team decided, right. That it's whatever it takes, whatever we got have to do, we're going to win this football game. And you saw it throughout the season. You saw it in the second half of the Alabama game, that little thing, that is the difference between losing, you know, winning and losing. You know, that's the difference between going on. Oh, shucks, man. I, I wish if we would have had these three or four plays, we'd have won the game. We made those three or four plays, but it's the extra effort and strain and the desire to win, you know, in those key moments. So I think that was the biggest difference was that second half of Florida game where our team played together. Together, We always had players that made plays, but our team made plays together in the right moment to win games. I'll tell you what, for me, um, and, and again, I think I think the common answer, if you poll anybody, would be, oh, it's the Alabama game. It's the Alabama game. I think, for me, leaving the Alabama game that night, I thought Tennessee, uh, that's when I knew. I was like, okay, Tennessee can win a national championship this year. Mm -hmm. That's when I knew that. But for me, it was the, I mean, I mean, it was it was the beat down on the bayou. Um, you know, Tennessee mm -hmm. had just got the monkey off its back. 
It took down Florida. It snapped a strand of 16 to 17 or whatever. And Tennessee picked up a big one over its rival. You had the off week. And then you go down on the road in SEC play. And you just beat the crap out of a team. And, and turns out LSU was in the SEC championship. I mean, they turned their season around. And, um, you know, they they were ranked inside the top 10 of the college football playoff rankings and all that. That win looked really good as the season went on. And the way it happened, Tennessee, I think, won, you know, 40 to 13 or whatever. And nonetheless, that's that was my moment for me where I was like, okay, Tennessee's a good football team like Tennessee's not just didn't get lucky against Florida or you know found a way to win against Pittsburgh when it you know whenever you caught a few breaks or whatever I was like Tennessee's a really really good football team because you don't just go on the road and, and just beat somebody up like Tennessee did that day Spencer what was the moment for you this year when looking back where you're like all right Tennessee has kind of officially turned the corner well I mean I'll, I'll go back to the Florida game uh, as the ball game went along and I, I was sitting in the stadium and I was like these dudes are playing like a hair on fire, and that's something you've not seen in a while at Tennessee as a group, special teams, offense, defense, playing with their hair on fire and, and running around with the football and, and, and doing the things that you – the little things that not a lot of people may notice, you know what I mean? But for me in the offensive line play, when you see a, a pile being pushed five to six yards after the initial contact to the back, and that, I mean, that, that's, that's doing the extra things to be a championship – uh, Cal football program. And then, you know, the next week they, they, they play LSU. Uh, I think that, am I right on that? I think they're, yeah. they're um, you know what I mean? And they go down there and just throttle LSU like they're supposed to, you know what I mean? They, they did it. They did what they were supposed to. They went to, to a hostile atmosphere and beat somebody like they were supposed to. Um, so, you know, and then and at the Alabama ball game, when it came to the kickoff, you know, we 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 took the we, we went out and just inflicted our will on them in the first half. It was like, hey, we don't care who you are, we're gonna strap it up against anybody, any place, and let's go play in a parking lot. You think you're the baddest guy on the street? Let's go find out. And that's the that's the 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 makeup and the middle makeup that you could see this football team as the year went along. But when that ball game kicked off and the first play happened. I knew Tennessee had a chance to be very special at that point. I thought they were going to be a good ball club this year. I didn't think they'd win 10 ball games. Uh, but, you know, I mean, you're starting the year just not knowing. But I thought they'd win win nine, eight or nine ball games. Um, I had it beaten Florida from the get-go. You know what I mean? Just because I didn't think Florida – I thought Florida was going to be down in general. And then you, you pick up wins like that and um... – you start kind of feeling that momentum and you start kind of feeling out who this team is. And then it turns into, you know, really just picking up wins like this, you know, beating the best teams in the country, um, you know, snapping streaks, beating your rivals, the big three, Jay, who, who's Tennessee supposed to beat every single year? Oh, Vandy, um, Kentucky, and, everybody. Um, who else? Florida, South Georgia, Carolina. Alabama, you know, but, but oh, you're right. I mean, big three. Well, I was talking about the teams you have to beat. You know, yeah, I get. It. But yes, like every head coach is judged on the the record against. But you're right. I mean, yeah. you lose to Vanderbilt, you're not going to be here long. But you're every right. coach is judged off the record against Florida, Georgia, yes. Alabama, and yeah. wins like that. It, it creates moments like that, beating Alabama, and then you see you know goalposts coming down and celebrations on the field. And I don't know. It's just uh, this was a really really fun season. Of course, it's not done yet. You wanna you wanna finish it the right way against Clemson coming up tonight in the Orange Bowl. Um, it's gonna be a challenge. 
Uh, Spencer, one of those guys that we were spoken on who who will play in this football game is Darnell Wright. Um, he does have another year of eligibility. It's that COVID year, but I mean, he's played here four years. He started four years. I mean, he's put in his time, and um, I think he wanted to come back. I do, but I mean, again, it's just it's a business decision for him. You've got to go, right? Sure. Uh, but he is going to play in this bowl game. What do you like about Darnell Wright, his play at the offensive tackle position, and, and really this entire offensive line? Um, the only team in the country to average over 300 yards passing, over 200 yards rushing every single game, led the nation with 39 rushing touchdowns, and of course was the number one offense in the country, and it all starts up front. And I uh, got really good play from Darnell Wright this year. Well, I don't know how Michigan's offensive line was rated as the number one offensive line in the country uh, when you put up numbers like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to have some luck with that. But Tennessee, Tennessee State, right, they were able to stay healthy for the majority part of the year. But Darnell Wright, he's just a physical physical player. Uh, just like his ability and his, his footwork, you know what I mean? He just, he's just a fluid, smooth football player. He, he looks natural as an offensive lineman. Uh, you can get some linemen who don't look natural playing offensive line uh, in the SEC, but this cat, he looks like he's been doing it for years. Um, you know, and, and he has, but, you know, he, he's got the experience, and, and but he's been in a, he's been in the SEC weight room. He's changed his body from the time he got there. He looks like an NFL football player. Tennessee's not had many of those in the offensive line mm-hmm. here lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just be honest with you. I mean, they're, they're just – They've not, and that's where they've struggled, and that's why Tennessee struggled for a long time because their offensive line play wasn't very good. Um, you know, I mean, this group has been they, – they, they're a bunch of brothers. You can tell that by how they interact with each other, how they, how they hang out and how they do things with each other. And when I have gone to practice, just – and I don't believe – I don't watch skill guys. I'm just to be honest with you. I go and watch the big guys. Um, at the end of the day, if you're not going to win the line of scrimmage, it's hard to win a football game. Uh, I believe Jay will agree with that part of it. Uh, either side of the football, and those cats, man, they got after it, you know, early in the year in the camp, and it was good to see that physicality aspect of what we know as Tennessee football. How important was it that Cooper May stayed healthy this year? It all starts at the center position as well. Yeah, I mean, Cooper, Cooper staying healthy really helped them be better this year. If he would have stayed healthy last year, I think they would have been better than they were last year. I'll just be honest with you. Because he could get them going in the right direction and, and fix problems where problems may arise on the run. Uh, I think he's a very smart football player. Jay, there was a game, uh, it was last game of the regular season uh, against Vanderbilt. Um, you know, Tennessee put the whooping on him. And, and what a response. I mean, South Carolina was a, it was a disaster. I mean, Tennessee got its tail whipped and, um, Spencer Rattler picked that day of all days to look like the guy that everybody says he is, which he hadn't looked like that since the season 2020. A lot went wrong that day, and, and Tennessee could have just laid an egg. Starting quarterback was not playing. Uh, Cedric Tillman didn't play in that game. But Tennessee came out and responded the right way, 156-0. A big reason why Tennessee came out and won that way, that run game was incredible. You had four runs, Jay, of 50-plus yards. You had a 50-yarder, a 52-yarder, an 80-yarder, and an 83-yarder, two from Jalen Wright, one from Dylan Sampson, and one from Jabari Small. Those backs um, all told had a really solid year for Tennessee. Again, averaged over 200 yards on the ground per game. Um, what do you like about the Tennessee backfield and those three backs? And and now you add, you know, from the signing class a couple days ago, you add some bigger body guys in there to kind of complement them. 
Well, you look at those young men and, and the way they've developed, you know, um, they work hard. Um, you know, at the beginning of the season, we all were talking about, hey, we, we hope they get better and better. But, you know, and it was we wanted them to make more explosive plays, you know, out of those runs. But, you know, sometimes we forget, you know, running back over the year, you got to develop. And they were banged up early in the year. Um, but the thing that you saw was every week those guys got better. And that, that says a lot about the coaching staff. Every week those guys, you know, when when the offensive line gets you four yards, you know, or a job as a running back is to get a couple of more yards more than that, you know. And the guys, you could see the effort and the strength and to do the little things without the football. If you don't get it, you got to be able to pass protect. You got to be able to run the routes. You got to be able to do all the things that it takes to uh, help your offense be successful. These guys did that. And when their number was called on, because when you lose a player like Hendon, you know, everybody has to step up. So you can see the offensive line. And I thought for the line, they blocked unbelievably all year. You talk about Cooper Mays. You talk about it. That's the heart and soul of that offensive line. You know, just how how scrappy he is and, and how tough he is. And, you know, Darnell's a great player. And you saw his development. But they decided that, hey, we're going to step up in this situation to give, you know, Milton a little bit more help. But the running backs were able to take those, you know, the offensive line block for eight yards, and they were able to take the distance. But that was kind of the, the finishing product of all the work they put in. You know, so hopefully they'll continue in this bowl game coming up. Last question I want to ask you guys before um... – before we get into uh, score predictions and, and bold predictions here, uh, Jay, you coached tight ends in the past. Spencer, I know you have as well. Uh, we'll see what happens with Jacob Warren. He said, uh, he said, uh, yeah, it was last week that uh, he's going to wait and you know make a, make his call. You know, after the bowl game, just focus on the bowl game. He's another guy that can take advantage of that COVID year if he so chooses. Uh, but Prince of Fans gone. He, he's been here since the Reagan administration. He's been here for six, seven years. He's gone. <laughs> how how difficult is it going to be to replace? Um, potentially both those guys, but really Princeton fans, um, just everything he did. And, and, and he was unique because nobody saw him rushing for six touchdowns this year. Nobody saw him throwing for it. I mean, they, you know, he, they did some things with him because he's kind of a Swiss Army knife, but the tight end position is so important in this offense, Jay. Um, how, how difficult will it be to replace him and potentially Jacob Bourne as well? The biggest thing is that re replacing the experience because – as a tight end, I mean, you're involved in the run game. You're involved in the pass game. There's a lot of different coaching points and uh, technique things that you have to know. And um, knowing them is knowing them by experience. So you lose so much experience with those two guys. Um, you know, uh, Jacob, you know, he's, he's kind of the unsung hero also because he's doing a lot of that dirty work, you know, um, that you don't hear about, you know, uh, blocking the C area, you know, going inside and, um, you know, ISOing a Mike linebacker, you know. Um, they're some of the toughest guys on the team, but, you know, blocking for screens and doing all the things that a tight end has to do, um, you know, it's, it's going to be big. You know, hopefully Jacob stays, but, um, you know, both of those guys were key and instrumental in the offense uh, being as versatile, you know, as it, as it was this year. All right. Tennessee and Clemson coming up tonight. Spencer. Give me a score prediction for you and a bowl prediction. If you guys need a refresher on the bowl predictions, it can just be 
anything you predict in this game. Joe Milton throws seven touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, Jabari Small rushes for 200 yards. Tennessee gets two pick sixes, whatever. A bowl prediction and a score prediction for Tennessee and Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Tennessee rushes for over 250, four rushing TDs. Um, bowl prediction, 42-28. Okay, Tennessee. so Tennessee wins by two scores. It's uh, yeah. looks comfortable in the end, but it probably won't be as comfortable during the course of the game, but I like that. I like that. Jay, what do you got, bold and, and score predictions here? Um. Bold prediction is, see, I'm going to agree with Spence. You know, I was going to say that, too. You took it from him, but we're on the same wavelength right now. You can tell the offensive linemen and the running back, they they think the same there, yeah. We rush for over 250 yards, and I think we get four TDs uh, rushing. um, And I think we win. Now, the score prediction, I think we win 48-31. 48-31. So, a high-scoring game. And, hey, that's a lot of points on this Clemson defense, but – I think the number one offense in the country is capable of doing that. It's Tennessee and Clemson tonight in the Orange Bowl. 8 o'clock, it'll be on ESPN. It'll be in uh, Miami's Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, Really, really looking forward to that, and I know you guys are as well. Our VFLs here on the VFL Players Lounge, they joined us a couple times this year, and they're finishing this thing off here with us, Spencer Riley and Jay Graham. Guys, thank you so much for joining us, and and I know you guys are willing to come back and do it again, but really appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, have a happy new year with you and yours. Appreciate it, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Happy New Year, guys. All right, that is Spencer Riley and Jay Graham. Really a pleasure to catch up with those guys each and every time. And former teammates. That's why I like to bring them on together because uh, you know, they, they can talk about those old war stories and practice and in those ball games. But big thank you to Spencer Riley and Jay Graham. And a big thank you to all of you guys for tuning in all season long. We'll uh, continue this in some form or fashion uh, for next football season, we might do something like this in the spring as well. But there's always evolving at VolQuest 2 and, and trying to bring you guys some interesting content with some VFLs. So thank you so much. Thank you to the Volunteer Club. It's powered by Aspire Sports for allowing us to do this podcast on game days each and every day. Guys, enjoy it. Appreciate it. As always, you've been listening and watching to the VFL Players Lounge. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.